Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea. Bonjour. (laughs) Our tea today is French. Related. Not actually from (laughs) France. Not from France, but... It does have French in the name, so I was going with French, mm-hmm. even P- though Parisian I, cafe. Even though I speak none, <laughs> except for les et les bons temps roulés, <laughs> yeah. which means let the good times roll for those who are not from Louisiana. We probably actually know a lot more French words if we stop to think about it because we're from Louisiana. True. Okay. Fair. I know French words. I do not know how to converse in French. Yeah. Correct. Same. Except to tell people to let the good times roll and ask if they want to get in bed with me. <laughs> uh-huh. Thank you, Moulin Rouge. <laughs> um, so, spoiler alert, we actually recorded the first episode of this year, last year. So this is the first time we have gotten together and seen each other in 2024. Yeah, 2023 really flew by. Did it? I thought so. I don't know. I feel like because I was like counting down until kind of a new um, lifestyle, i.e. not working full time every day, it was like, okay, I have nine more months. I have eight more months. I have six more months. So I feel like I was very aware of how much time was left in the year. (laughs) To me, it felt like she had her first birthday in December of 22. And then from December, from January until like, I don't know, May, it felt like that was a separate time. And then when I found out I was pregnant, I felt like time just sped up. Flew by. Yeah. Your stomach just grew uh, just very quickly because time just sped. It was just like, what? Oh my God. I I don't have a child inside of It's hard to think. That I'm going to have a baby in like a month and a half. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you better get ready. <laughs> there was like all these um, videos on Instagram where it says like during the holidays where it was like getting ready for the Christmas holidays when you finally realize that after all the holidays are over, you're going to have to deliver a baby. <laughs> and like the women are like, hmm. Yeah. Um, have y'all agreed on a name yet? No. Okay. All right. Um, nope. I mean, I'll s- tell you that his name is probably what I what I think it's going to be. I'm not going to say it out loud. <laughs> I don't think that he... He just hasn't given in yet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. And he says, this is his analogy, that it's like turning in a term paper early when you might want to make some tweaks. So he refuses to like decide on a name until he's born. We had a name for Lucia, so she was born in December. We were set in like September. So he's just using this to use it. I think the issue is that he prefers another name, right? 
and I am not going to allow that name to be the name. And so he's waiting to see if maybe I change my mind, which isn't going to happen. So you're just waiting for him to change his mind. Correct. I just don't like, I don't want to wait until he's born. I kind of want to just say, this is his name. This is what. What if he, what if he arrives into this world and he just doesn't look anything like the name? What if he, what if he appears and he looks like the name that Michael wants? What are you going to do? I guess name him what we feel in the moment. (laughs) but it's not gonna be a same <laughs> let me just let me just say this do not put michael in charge of filling out the birth certificate information you're right i filled out lucia's so okay, okay. and that wasn't even in contest <laughs> he preferred lucia to luciana which is her name uh-huh uh-huh um and with the name that i think his name is going to be he prefers <laughs> A nickname version, and he'd rather just use that nickname, nickname version as the name. I feel like we're just teasing everyone at this point. <laughs> Let's move on to a new okay. topic. <laughs> uh, what are we here to discuss? What's our podcast about again? Gilmore Girls. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> uh, you watched the first episode, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, good. Uh, or we could do books if you want. <laughs> let's let's talk about books. I have some good books to okay. discuss. Me too. Great. I don't know who goes first. I don't know. New Year. Let's just both go at the same time. How about that? I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I think that'd be really confusing for our, for our listeners. Okay. I don't know. I'm acting like I'm going to go first. All right. Well, I'm doing it then. Go for it. Okay. I got this as an advanced uh, listener copy from Libro FM. So thank you, Libro. Pretty sure it's out at this point, though, for everyone. I didn't look up the date i'm sorry but anyway it's called the last love note by emma gray not ringing any bells haven't heard of it okay it has a really cute like pretty cover um it's an australian novel so that was fun i didn't know that going into it i actually knew nothing going into it and i mean as per usual but i kind of wish i had a little bit of knowledge for this one um So I'll give you some of the background and then I'll tell you what I wish I had known going in so that other people will know. Okay. Okay. So the main character is Kate and she is, I think she's like late thirties. She has like a two year old daughter. Um, and we, we know at the very beginning that her husband passed away about two years ago. So they're pretty young for him to have passed away. She is a two-year-old, and he passed away two years ago? Maybe she's three or four. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, just curious. I didn't know if that played no, that's into a good, the... No, that's a good point. Okay. She's like three or four. Okay. Um, but he, I know that he passed away two years ago because Goodreads told me that. Because, um, I mean, I read this a little while ago, so I had to kind of refresh my memory a little bit. But anyway, so her um, husband, who has her deceased husband, is named Cameron, and they had like a storybook romance marriage. They were soulmates. They were so in love. They were just perfect for each other. And so it was really just a tragedy when she lost him. Um, they do at some point say what he died from, although it takes a little while to get there. Um, so I'm not going to say what it is, but I will say that's what I wish I had known going in because it's kind of... Um, it's related to the brain in a way. And that's always a trigger for me personally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but even not knowing that, I still, I was able to get through it and it was really good. And it was really sad. 
but it was really good. So Kate um, and her best friend are hanging out at Kate's house and they see that a new neighbor is moving in and her best friend has been not trying to like push a new person onto her but she just wants her friend to be happy and she's like oh check out this new neighbor girl like he's really hot what are you you know gonna do anything about this and the neighbor comes over and kind of like chats with her he's new to the neighborhood all this kind of stuff um so that happens and then Kate ends up having to go on a work trip um, with her boss, who's about the same age as her, like maybe a little bit older. Okay. And on the way to their work trip that they're going on, something happens with the plane and they have to do like an emergency landing. And so they get stuck in this city that they weren't planning to go to. And um, Kate's mom and her best friend end up like orchestrating this Airbnb on the beach for Kate and her boss to stay at. They each have their own room. Okay. Okay. So that's, and like Kate and her boss are close. They're friends. He was good friends with Cameron. Okay. So, you know, they're close. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why, but boss relationships make me very uncomfortable. I hear you. I don't, I'm not, I do know why. It's very unprofessional (laughs) and it's really awkward. I hear you. Okay. So, and they don't seem like they're meant for each other or that they go together or. No, not that necessarily. It's just that like the three of them, Kate and Cameron and Hugh were all really close as friends and like they do, they have a working professional relationship. They don't seem like they're going in that direction necessarily. Can I ask what she does? Yeah, so she works for like a university nonprofit, like fundraising basically. Okay. Okay. And so they don't seem like they're headed in that direction. There kind of seems to be a little bit of like under tension between them, but they're clearly not acting on it or whatever. Sure. Then we go back into flashbacks and we see um, how we got to this point. What happened with Cameron? We get, we see. From learning of his diagnosis to the end, we get to learn about how Hugh came into the picture. So basically, um, Kate got this new job working for the university where Hugh works. And then like two weeks after she accepted the job, she was like, she, well, she learned pretty quickly that she was pregnant. She didn't think that she could get pregnant. She didn't think it was going to happen. And then it did. Why? Why what? Did she not think she could get pregnant? She had issues? Uh, yeah, I think she had issues. Okay. So she just wasn't expecting it. Okay. And she got pregnant. And so like two weeks after she accepted this new position, she's like, by the way, I'm really sorry, but I I am pregnant. And Hugh is just like super cool about it. He's like the best boss. Like take whatever time you need. If you need to work from home to make this work, like whatever. He's super awesome. And then when... um. Cameron and Hugh meet like they become instant friends or whatever so we see all of this backstory leading up to them being at the beach together and I get what you're saying about it feeling kind of like a weird relationship but it it really didn't feel that way at all when I was reading it like kind of at the beginning I was kind of like huh but then it all just felt really natural it's also I guess it shouldn't be, but it's also slightly different when your boss is around your age. Yeah, for sure. Because 
I guess in my head, you generally think like of an older boss. Yeah. If you're in your... He's, I guess, I mean, he is technically over her, but kind of more like a colleague in that sense. Okay. But if that helps you think about it that way. Yeah. Um, But... I mean, it's whatever. It's however the book was written. I just, sometimes it's hard. Like, I don't know that I love that storyline. I get it. I totally get it. Okay. But I do think that it was really well done. It was really sweet. It was at times difficult to read when you're reading about Cameron's diagnosis and him going through all that kind of stuff. It it was a lot and I wasn't fully prepared for the emotional roller coaster that I was about to go on. Uh, but at the same time I was really glad that I read it cuz it was it was good. It was a solid five-star book. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I mean I I, I kind of want to read it. I, I know mean, I, can't I lie. I get that there's a few things in there that make you a little hesitant, but I would like to say that they all work out in a way <laughs> that you would be pleased with okay i'm good with that yeah does the neighbor come back into play yes okay (laughs) i know i just kind of threw that out there (laughs) that's because he was just kind of thrown out there in the book but she and her friend have a lot of back and forth about this neighbor and it's it's a whole thing in the book but yeah okay yeah it was really really good um I'm in. I'm intrigued. I know. I just feel like you're also hesitant, so I'm trying to convince you. <laughs> I'm convinced. Okay. I'm convinced. Okay. Okay. Um, my book is Never Met a Duke Like You by Amelie Howard. Can I see the cover? Hmm. So this is second in a series. I didn't realize that until I was halfway through, and then, you know, like I always <laughs> <Too late. laughs> do. There's two couple. There's a couple that they kind of discuss and I'm like that had to be the first book right whoops <laughs> um so whatever you can still read them out of order I believe because this seems because you did and it was fine correct I wasn't missing any information the thing with romance is like you know that the two main characters are going to end up in the end so it's not a spoiler if you right. read them out of order <laughs> right so this is very uh Bridgerton yes yes please by the way speaking of I watched the queen on Netflix, which is the Bridgerton spinoff. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. I was very against it. I didn't want to watch it because Quite good. I did not like the addition of the Queen in Bridgerton. I'm with you. Quite but, good. oh, my God. Well, and it's historical fiction, too. A bit, yeah. I mean, historical fiction with a twist, but... But I'm saying, a like, lot of those, is, those... The King and the Queen were the actual yes. King and Queen. Yes. Not that that... And some of the mental health issues were the same Um, for him it was it was absolutely incredible i was blown away by it i had no idea i'm so glad i watched it because i was was almost better than it was the other seasons the thing thing is the queen was such a different thing it was more serious in tone um and bridgerton is much lighter and and fluffier right so they're they're very different but oh my god so good yeah so if you're looking for something else to read like if you've read all the bridgerton books either way in the past when they came out or recently or you're a recent fan because of the show and you're looking for something that kind of fills that void, this is a good option. Okay. All right. Good to know. And I'm assuming that the first book is going to be just as good. So Lady Vesper, I think they say it with an accent. So they say Vespa, but on here it says Vesper. Lindhurst, she's like this really pretty blonde socialite. She's part of the ton. Um, she has a little bit of fire behind her that she's had to kind of quell back as she's gotten older. Um, cause she's a little, is she a spinster? They haven't specifically 
grouped her into that, but she is in her late 20s. Oh, goodness, girl. Yeah. And so (laughs) she's had a lot of suitors who are interested in her and she's turned them all down because she still slightly holds a flame for her ex-childhood best friend, uh, the Duke of Grayton. His name is Aspen. Aspen. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. So when they were growing up, they lived on their their estates were near each other. And so they used to walk the grounds of their estates and play with each other. Yes. Yes. And they became really good friends. But, you know, as you get older, things start to change. Um, he, I think maybe is a year or two older than her. And again, she was very, had a very fiery personality as a child. And, um, I don't know, he did something to tick her off. He was probably like 12 and she was a little bit younger and they were playing and he said something that really offended her and she reared back and punched him in the nose and like (laughs) made his nose bleed. And his ego was pretty bruised that like a girl beat him up kind of. Um, and so from that point on, their relationship was very different and he didn't really want to be around her. Were they ever n- not like promised to each other, but did their parents ever discuss? No. Okay. So, so the situation there is that his mother took his mother's American. His father was English. Oh. And his mother moved to London whenever. So we have a Downton Abbey situation yep. going on. He has a very, um, bad adult relationship with his mother and we find out why but as a child all of a sudden they don't really explain what happened but um judith a ward was put in to his mother's care as a young girl so she was younger than they were Mm -hmm. and i think in the mother's mind she was raising judith to be his gotcha wife mm-hmm. um he never anticipated that because they were more like brother sister um the mother i don't think ever had any intention of vespa and aspen right. being together because vespa it sounds like is just a lady and not like anything i mean any she's title. part of the ton so she could marry in yeah and that would be fine like it wouldn't be anything frowned upon or weird but she's grooming judith right to be his wife even though like so that's both of them wants. but they're like we're not ever getting married we're basically brother sister right so he leaves and goes to boarding school or finishing school or whatever it is that they have. So he comes back from boarding school and I think sometime abroad. So he's probably in his late or like very early 20s or late teens. And she is just getting into her first, um, what do you call it? Like when they come out, like they're coming out. Like her first, like um ball like kind of like where she's eligible to be married off right and she hasn't seen him in years she always had strong feelings for him she thinks that you know they're gonna see each other across the ballroom kind of thing and that lock eyes maybe there would be something there and he pretty much just shows her a debut debut yes yeah sorry he pretty much just shows her disdain yeah. He's kind of rude. He's still not over the punch in the face. I. It's not that we find out that it's more that he thinks she's just one of like the ton and that she has no depth and that she's just all very surface. And he 
assumes that all she cares about is balls and ball gowns and being married off. And he's just like so over it at that point because of what's happening in his personal life with his family. Okay. And so by stuff that's going on in his personal life, do you mean like his mom trying to marry him to... No. So that doesn't happen until way later because Judith is quite a few years younger than them. So at this point, whenever he is like a late teen, she's too young to get married. Okay. That's not even a thought. But his father is this brilliant man, very well respected, well loved by his staff at his estate um, and in the community. And somehow the mother has him committed. Oh. She's a lot younger than him. And the son slowly starts to realize as he's gotten older and the years that the dad was institutionalized that the dad really didn't need to be institutionalized. Sounds like she needed to be institutionalized. Yeah, so she has some ulterior I'm actually kind motives. of surprised. I mean, I know this is a fictional novel, but <laughs> like I'm, that they would allow I'm actually really that they would take her that, word and yeah. allow she did an, enough to convince them and I Interesting. So they're interesting. In the beginning of the in the beginning of the novel, the narrator before it starts pretty much says trigger warning for uh, mental illness mm-hmm. and you know whatever. And then they go into some of the things that were done to him in the um, asylum, and it was really bad. And he pretty oh. much dies because he was in the asylum and the treatments that he was given, and he was abused. I mean, basically. Yeah. Which they is, didn't, like, actually help people back no, then. No, <laughs> they were doing, like, experiments, you know. Let's stick a needle in your eyeball and see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll help you. <laughs> Let's just wiggle some stuff around in your brain. <laughs> um, so the son at this point is just, he's angry, obviously. And he doesn't want to have anything to do with people that are like his mother, you know. So... He pretty much ignores her, is rude to her, and she is kind of taken aback because she's like, "What? You know, that's not what she was expecting. Like, she was all excited about seeing him yeah. again. And so because of that interaction, um, she still feels like there's some type of something that's supposed to be between them. And so she says no to every proposal that is thrown <laughs> her way for like the next almost a decade, essentially. Oh, Vespa. So <laughs> they're adults at this point in, in the present. I know, she's a spinster. Yeah, pretty much. And she has this um, way of getting people together. Like she's kind of the matchmaker of the ton. And she's made a lot of good matches. Um, but she never makes any for herself. And um, she still has him in the back of her mind um she happens to go out walking one day and goes to his estate because it's so close to her family estate and she goes in it it starts to completely pour and so the the um head servant i don't know what you call the the, butler no it's a woman like the (laughs) like the Mm -hmm. the late the lady the uh, whatever the manages the home (laughs) i can't think (laughs) She, I need to rewatch Downton Abbey. <laughs> she knows her because she grew up around her. And she was like, Lady Vespa, come inside out of the rain. And she gives her something to eat. And, you know, she's, she says, well, you, you know, you're more than welcome to just hang out until the rain stops before you want to walk back home. And so Vespa kind of, ha- she has not been in the home for a really long time. And so she just kind of wanders around and is just curious. And she starts to hear as she goes up 
levels, she starts to hear this weird like knocking sound or like muttering and she doesn't know what's going on. And so she's intrigued, but also a little freaked (laughs) out. And she sees this big metal door like on the third floor and she opens it and goes in and it closes behind her because it's like a super heavy door. And (laughs) she hears someone basically mutter a curse it's like, don't close the door. And then she realizes that it's Aspen. And he got stuck in that room <laughs> only for the morning. Like, he's okay. been there all day. My God, how long so, has he been And he there? didn't tell anyone that he was coming back to the city because he didn't want anyone to know. And so no one knows he's supposed to be there. And so he's been stuck in there since, like, dawn when he <laughs> arrived at the house while all the servants were still sleeping. And so no one's looked for him. Right. And they're locked in this room and she doesn't keep the door open yeah because the 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 handle on the inside is broken off okay so they can't so they're both stuck in the room now yeah so they have they they're in the room for a couple of hours before they end up getting out and there's a moment that they almost kiss (laughs) even though they're like back and forth at each other and then from there we start to see the storyline of him kind of seeing who she is as an adult, her seeing who he he is as an adult, and then like kind of their you know a blossoming romance from there. Yeah. Um, but it's it starts off um, enemies to love, right. and then to lovers. Um, it just is you know that kind of book, but yeah. it has a little bit of depth with the stuff with his dad and his mother and right. I mean, this honestly, this book is giving me lots of vibes of the <laughs> yeah. Queen. Yeah. Well, and he has to come back because the the mother, she hasn't seen him in so long. I think like it's the seven year period that he's been like abroad. And he's also, I don't know that he's actually an archaeologist, but he does that type of excavation type work in like third world countries or something is what he's doing. And he's made some discoveries and he's written a lot of papers and he's like an academic of sorts. And um, but he's in such remote areas that he never checks in. And so the mother, after seven years, you're allowed to declare someone dead if you haven't heard from them. And so she wants him to come back and like take a wife and to take over the house. So what she does is she basically sends him a letter saying, if you don't come back, <laughs> I'm going to declare you dead and then give the estate over to like the next of kin. Oh, my God. So he has to come back to show that he's not dead and to claim his estate. Wow. Yeah manipulative <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay well this I, i'm obviously gonna start with the first one right definitely but i want to read this soon yeah it was good you'll like it yeah yeah <laughs> um i do need another like bridgerton in my bridgerton series in my life though mm-hmm. but but like i think i just love that it's like all the siblings and sure. the family and of violet and of whatever course. and i'll say this is like steamy too you know it's, it's really a lot bridgerton yeah like it's it yeah. gives off the same type of feeling. okay okay i'm excited yeah good to know yeah okay the tea that i <laughs> made a face when i took a sip for the first time i don't know it just has like a the first like few sips that i took it just had like a weird like aftertaste it's fine but um, I don't have a problem with it. I don't get French macaron. <laughs> so that is the name of the tea. It is called French macaron. <laughs> I don't know how to say that <laughs> word either. Macaron. Um, and I think it's a new one from Harney and Sons. Of course, I like get their pr- promo emails, and I'm always like, "Oh, I need 
I need new tea. Let me try this one. Um, the character is, um, and it, I mean, it's a cute, it's a pretty little tin. It really it has is. cute little macarons and on they, it. Their boxes are usually not white, right? No, but this is a white tea. I'm not saying that's why it's white, oh, but yeah. anyway, so it says the 2023 Happy Blendings winner. I don't know what that means. I don't know what the happy, contest was. Happy Blendings must be some type of, yeah, tea. Um, French contest. Macaron is a white tea flavored with notes of almond, vanilla, and lavender. Perfect served with its namesake at your next party. I could see serving it next to a macaron <laughs> or a dessert of some kind that it would probably have a better t- profile. Yeah. I, I don't mind it. It's not my favorite, but I, I definitely, it's good. I don't know that it's award-winning. Yeah, I don't know about that. I still, every once in a while when I take a sip, I still get that like a weird flavor. Is it the lavender? I don't know. Okay. I taste the almond. Yeah, it's strong on the almond, which I like, but I don't know. It's just a weird, I don't know what it, the flavor is. I don't know what I'm getting or how it's coming through. Not a huge fan of that, but when I take a sip that doesn't have that, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Maybe it's the pizza that we had that's like there on off. Be. Or the salad. Or the salad that we have determined is uh, causing Marissa to get hives. Lettuce. She's allergic to lettuce. (laughs) Probably not really. Probably not. That's that's what I've decided. Okay. It's funnier that way. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for chatting books with me, Marissa. Of course. Happy New Year. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at inkdrinkerspod. Cheers!